Well, uh, it's lovely to see the church so well filled this evening. And on behalf of Coleraine Free Presbyterian Church, I would like to welcome everyone to our special remembrance and wreath-laying service this evening. We have many representatives from the armed and emergency services, statutory, statutory and voluntary welfare and support organisations, the Loyal Orders, our East Londonderry MP, local councillors, and many others, families and friends that have joined with us tonight. And we want you all to feel welcome and at home with us here, and to remind you that there is supper after the service this evening. If you would stay with us, we'll be pleased to give you some tea before you go home. We are gathered here tonight to pay proper respect to those who have given the supreme sacrifice and defence of our country and for the protection of our people during many wars and peacekeeping duties and during the ongoing terrorist campaign here in Northern Ireland. We also must give thanks to Almighty God for his divine protection on our nation and for the wonderful supreme sacrifice the Lord Jesus Christ gave upon the cross at Calvary that we might have our sins forgiven, peace with God and eternal life. We're going to open our service this evening. We're going to stand to sing the opening hymn, a very well-known hymn. You'll find it on the hymn number 323 in the hymn books, if you want to use them, but they will appear on the screen. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wonderful words, words of truth, just as relevant today as they were when they were penned. We're going to stand to sing verses 1 to 5.
seated. We're just going to have a short opening word of prayer. Just ask for the Lord's presence and blessing with us here in our service this evening. Our blessed and eternal Heavenly Father, we once again come before you tonight. And Lord, we come with thankfulness upon our hearts that we have this wonderful privilege here in our own wee country of coming and worshipping God according to our conscience. We thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy and freedoms that were won for us at big expense to many, many people that we will be remembering here tonight. We thank you for this congregation that has gathered. We know that each and every one that is here tonight is here according to your will and according to your plan. And we ask, Lord, tonight as we go through this service that, Lord, indeed, we will be ever mindful of the goodness and the graciousness of God, even that we've been singing about in this opening hymn. We thank you for thy grace. It's amazing. We cannot fully understand it, how that a sovereign God like thee would care about sinful man. We cannot understand how the Lord Jesus Christ would come to this world and lay aside all of his power, all of his glory, all of his position that he enjoyed in heaven. And even the fellowship they enjoyed with his father, he left it all behind to come here and to die upon a cross for the sins of his people. And Lord, we pray that tonight, Lord, uh, thy truth will be burned into all of our hearts, that we will have true thankfulness for the goodness of God, and that those who may be in our midst tonight here unsaved, but are seeking the answers to life, that Lord, tonight you will open their eyes and bring them to faith in Jesus Christ. Be with us now, we pray. We ask. Indeed, for the Reverend Gray, that you will strengthen him as he comes to bring thy word, that he will know thy blessing upon him. And be with us all now, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're now going to sing our second hymn. And again, we will stand to sing. It's the hymn 752, a well-known hymn and a popular hymn at this time of the year. I'm sure maybe perhaps you've sung it already today. O God, our help in ages past our hope for years to come. We're going to stand to sing this hymn. And can I ask that in the second verse, those who are laying the wreath, if you wouldn't mind going out into the porch, please, and we will get you organized in your order for the final laying of the wreath. So we're going to stand to sing. The words again are on the screen uh, if you want to use that. Thank you.
appreciate it. Just now we're going to have the wreath laying ceremony. Firstly, Mr. Gregory Campbell, MP for East Londonderry. The Mayor, Councillor Stephen Callaghan, QPM, on behalf of Causeway Coast and Glens Borough Council. <laughs> Staff Sergeant Phillips, on behalf of 321 EOD and Search Squadron. Sergeant Wendy McConnell, on behalf of the Police Service of Northern Ireland. <coughs> Sergeant Jessica McDade, Corporal Justin Morrison, and Lance Corporal Marley Shaw on behalf of the 1st Northern Iron Battalion, Army Cadet Force, Colerian Detachment, B Company. Cadet First Class Abigail Martin and Able Cadet Daisy Rowlandson on behalf of Portrush Sea Cadets. Mr. Tommy McCool, retired senior officer of the Northern Ireland Prison Service, in memory of all, including colleagues whose lives were taken in service. Mr. Michael Davidson on behalf of the RUC George Cross Foundation.
Mr. Bobby Andrews, Association Secretary, on behalf of the Ulster Special Constabulary Association, Mid-Antrim Branch. Mr. Fergus McCready, on behalf of the Victims and Survivors and USC Foundation. It is significant that on this year, which marks the 50th anniversary of the formation of the Greenfinches within the Ulster Defence Regiment, we have a former Greenfinch, Margaret Hara, laying a wreath on behalf of Coleraine Branch of the Regimental Association of the 5th County Londonderry Battalion, Ulster Defence Regiment. Mr. David Conley, on behalf of Portrush Royal National Lifeboat Institute. Mr. Derek Colley, District Master on behalf of Coleraine District Chapter Number 1 of the Royal Black Institution. Mr. Samuel Calvin, County Grand Master, on behalf of County Londonderry, Grand Orange Lodge. Mr. Leslie Campbell, Worshipful Master on behalf of Mullins, ILOL, number 34 of the Independent Loyal Orange Institution. Caleb Perkins, Jack Mitchell, and Mason Edgar on behalf of Coleraine Free Presbyterian Church Sunday School. Mr. Stephen McLean, 
Mr. William Creelman, and Mr. Jim Stewart on behalf of the members of Coleraine Free Presbyterian Church. They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun, and in the morning, we will remember them. Remember them. Could I ask the congregation to stand, please? When you go home, tell them of us and say, For your tomorrows we give our today.
Let us pray. Our gracious God, we come before you again this evening. Lord, our hearts are solemn as we consider so much a sacrifice that has taken place over the years and over our history. But dear Lord, we do thank you for the courage, the determination that you gave all of these men and women and families. So many have suffered over the years. And dear Lord, we do thank you that thou art a merciful and a caring God. And oh God, we do thank you for our freedoms, freedoms that have been hard fought for and freedoms that we enjoy. And we pray that, oh God, you will watch over our land and our nation even at this time of turmoil. And that, dear Lord, you may even intervene into this situation in a spiritual way, in a revival. Lord, the great answer to all of our problems is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us. Oh, Lord, we pray that men and women in our country will realize us and turn to Jesus Christ in repentance and in faith. Be with us now and bless the remainder of our service. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Now, if you are warm, for I know I'm warm up here, and if you're warm, please feel free to take a jacket off or anything like that there that will make you more comfortable. I'm going to be very brief with the announcements for our church today. On behalf of the interim moderator, the session and committee of Korean Free Presbyterian Church, we would like to again welcome each one of you to our services this evening. And for those who are watching online, we thank you for joining with us. And we do trust that you will enjoy the service tonight and you'll be blessed in this service. And indeed, we ask those of you that are here to remind you that there is supper provided. Please, please do stay with us. Uh, when the service is over, if you go through the doors and go left, you will see the queue forming there and you will see the tables and many, many people. We are very thankful for the foodstuffs they have supplied. So do stay with us and enjoy a time of fellowship. We have a special welcome for our speaker here this evening, the Reverend John Gray, who is the minister of Tandergee Free Presbyterian Church. He has traveled quite a distance this evening and we thank him for coming and we pray that the Lord will bless him here amongst us tonight. Tuesday night at 8 p.m. is the prayer meeting where our inter-moderator, the Reverend Erwin, will be taking the service. The prayer meeting will be followed by a short committee meeting immediately after the prayer meeting service. Friday at 8 p.m., the Youth Fellowship will meet in the youth room. And again, uh, anyone who's high school age and above are welcome to come and join with the young people here. They'll be made most welcome. And as I say, Friday night at 8 p.m. Next Lord's Day, Sunday the 19th of November, in the will of the Lord, Sunday school and Bible class at 10 a.m. And then the services, 11.30 and 6.30 p.m., when the speaker will be Mr. Jonathan Storey. And we will also have Mr. Jonathan Mitchell singing at the 6.30 p.m. gospel service. Both of those services are preceded by a half hour of prayer. Next Lord's Day at 3.30 p.m., the Sunday school teachers are asked to meet again for their monthly prayer meeting. Uh, our children's meetings are recommencing again on Monday the 20th of November at 7 p.m. Two buses are booked and we are praying that the Lord will move in this area amongst our children. And there's some invitations being given out and if you could help with that, 
If you could meet at the church car park tomorrow night at 6.30 p.m., uh, Jim Stewart will be glad to see you, and he will give you a wee job to do. 6.30 p.m. at the church car park tomorrow evening, if you can help with that. And finally, <clears throat> really, um, there's another practice. Uh, the Youth Council are, have a 15th anniversary choir, and the next practice for that is again tomorrow evening uh, in Macrofield Free Presbyterian Church at 7.30 p.m., and all young people are invited along to that service. If you could go along to help there with the singing, they'll be glad to see you and uh, very much appreciate it. So that's tomorrow night in Macrofield, again at 7.30 p.m. Just now we're going to have a, an offering hymn, and if you haven't come prepared, please just let the plate pass you by. Don't be worried about that. We're going to remain seated, and we're going to sing hymn number 275. You'll see the words on the screen, Oh, what a saviour that he died for me. And we're going to remain seated, as I said, we'll maybe stand, uh, if the offering is collected, maybe for the last verse to change our positions. And immediately after that, I'm going to ask the Reverend Gray, who will take the remainder of our service. First, please.
You may be seated. First of all, can I say it's a great privilege to be with you this evening, uh, taking part in your special Remembrance Day service. And we have been encouraged to see so many in the meeting this evening. And let me just add to Colin's welcome, my welcome, and especially if you are visiting in the congregation, uh, we're delighted to see you this evening. Of course, I'm a visitor as well, but we're delighted to be here. I'd like to thank Brother Colin for leading the first part of the meeting there, and certainly uh, we have known the Lord's presence thus far, and we do pray that as we turn just for a brief, a brief time to God's word this evening, that the Lord will come and speak to all of our hearts. If you have your Bible with you this evening, please turn to Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah chapter 49. If you haven't got a Bible with you tonight, please just listen to these references as we preach this evening. And I pray that the Lord will have a message for each and every one of our hearts uh, tonight. Isaiah 49, with God's word open before us, we'll bow in a short word of prayer and ask the Lord to help us <clears throat> as we come to consider God's word this evening. Let's all bow in prayer. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank thee and we praise thee for all thy mercies to us tonight. We thank thee, Lord, for the health and strength that you've given to us to be able to come to God's house this evening to worship thee in spirit and in truth. And, O oh God, we do thank thee for those who have laid down their lives so that we might have this freedom and this liberty to meet in this fashion. We thank thee for those, Lord, who have paid the ultimate sacrifice. But, O oh God, we thank thee tonight for our blessed Savior, who also laid down his life a ransom for the many. We praise thee that on Calvary's cross, the Son of God died, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. We pray tonight, Lord, as we turn to thy precious word, that you would speak to all of our hearts, and, O oh God, that you would have a message for each and every one of us. And, Lord, we'll be very careful to give to thee the praise, the glory, and every bit of the honor for us in Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Today we remember those who have laid down their lives in the cause of freedom. Indeed, we remember the brave men and women of the First World War and the Second World War who paid the ultimate sacrifice in order to give us the freedom that we have this evening to worship in this fashion. And also we remember those in our security forces in Ulster during 30 years of troubles who were murdered by Republicans and who stood for the cause of freedom, who sacrificed their lives for this province and we must remember them. They must never be forgotten because, of course, they died that others might live. Men and women, it is good to remember, and of course, God in his word, in the Bible, exhorts us to remember. Did you ever consider and stop and think about the many things that God wants us to remember? For example, we are to remember our Creator in the days of our youth. We are to remember the Lord's death around the Lord's table continually. 
We are to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We are to remember the Lord our God. Indeed, the Bible exhorts us that we are to remember his marvelous works that he has done. And we are to remember the former things of old. And these are just some of the things that God in the Bible exhorts us to remember as his creatures. But did you ever consider the things that God remembers and the things that God does not remember? Well, for a few moments this evening, that's what I want to preach about. That's what I want to draw your attention to at the close of this remembrance service. I want us very briefly and very simply to consider the things that God remembers and the things that God does not remember. And I pray that the Lord will bless this word to your heart. And as I have said, there's a message here for us all, both saint and sinner alike. And I pray that you will listen very carefully and that the Lord will take his word tonight and apply it to all of our hearts. Remember, we're going to read the precious word of God. It's not the words of men. It's not the words of a church. But it is the infallible, inerrant, incorruptible, inspired word of God. Indeed, we read in the Bible that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration means God breathed. Therefore, when we read the Bible, we're not reading the words of mere men, but we're reading the precious word of God. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And what a treasure we have tonight in the scriptures of truth. I wonder, friend, do you read the Bible? Do you read it every day? I pray that you do. And I pray that you'll treasure God's word. And I pray that in your own home, that you'll open the Bible and read the scriptures of truth. And that even this night as we read these verses and consider the subject, very simply that the Lord will take his word and apply it upon our hearts. The things that God remembers and the things that God does not remember. First of all, God will always remember his people. Now, when I speak about the people of God, I'm speaking about those who are saved by God's grace and redeemed by the precious blood of Christ. When the Bible speaks about the people of God, the Bible is speaking about those who have experienced the new birth, those who have a personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just stop there and ask you a question tonight. Can you look back to a day in your life when you realized that you were the sinner, recognized that only Jesus Christ could save you, and when you fell on your knees and cried unto God for mercy, that he would save your precious, never-dying soul. The Bible tells us in John 1 verse 12, But as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Therefore, I pray tonight, if you're in the meeting and you've never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior, that even tonight, that you would come and put your faith and trust in him. The hymn writer penned it well when he wrote the words, Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you, he will save you now. 
And of course, you remember what the jailer said to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. He says, sirs, what must, we, must, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And of course, what Paul was speaking about there was more than a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. With the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Therefore, I pray that each one in the meeting tonight will know the gift of God, which is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that each one will put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus as their Savior. But what is God's promise concerning those who have received him as Savior? His promise is that he will never forget us, that he will always remember us. I want you to take a look at Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16. Look what it says. Very interesting verses here. And the Lord is speaking here. And this is what he says. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. That's what the Lord says concerning his people, those who are saved and born again of the Spirit of God. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. My what a tremendous promise this is, dear child of God, for you and I who are saved by the grace of God. You know, sometimes we may feel as God's people because of our circumstances that God has forsaken us, that God has forgotten about us. But the promise of the Lord is, I will not forget thee. In other words, I will always remember thee. Maybe there's a poor child of God here tonight. You're cast down with a heavy burden. Perhaps you've gone through a severe trial in your life. And maybe you feel that God has forgotten about you. Oh dear believer, don't think like that. A mother may forget her sucking child, as this verse says, but the Lord will never forget his children. The Lord will never forget his people. Our names are written in the palms of his hands beside the nail prints. God cannot forget his people because we have been bought with a price, and that price was the precious blood of Christ. He cannot forget us because he cannot forget the price that his only begotten son has paid to purchase our eternal salvation. God cannot forget us because of the blood of the lamb. He cannot forget us because of the sacrifice that his son made upon Calvary's middle tree. No matter what our circumstances may be, the God of heaven will always remember his people. It's not a wonderful thought tonight, dear child of God. Isn't it tremendous to know that no matter what we're passing through in life, and I know today there are many of God's dear children who are passing through times of sorrow and times of bereavement and times of sickness, and they're in a deep valley. But even in that deep valley, the Lord has promised that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And thank God we can take great encouragement from that this evening. God will always remember his people. There's a tremendous text of scripture over in Exodus chapter 13. 
and it's to do with the children of Israel. Take a look at Exodus chapter 13. Take the time to turn it up this evening and look with me at what it says in verses 20 to 22. And here we have these tremendous words. And in these words, we can see that the Lord's presence is with his people continually and that the Lord's protection is with his saints continually. Look, it says in verse 20 of Exodus 13, And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord, listen to it, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. The Lord is always with his redeemed people day and night. And thank God right from the beginning of time, when God saved our first parents, Adam and Eve, in the garden, right until the last one is saved before the Savior comes back again to this earth, the Lord will always remember his people. Oh, dear child of God, let me just emphasize it. Before we go any further, maybe you're in a deep valley tonight. Maybe you feel that all have forsaken you. And maybe deep down in your heart, you're beginning to think that God has forsaken you. No, he hasn't. He hasn't forsaken you because the Lord will not forsake his people. The Lord will always remember his saints. And thank God, he has promised to remember us right till we get home to heaven. And he will never leave us nor forsake us. And even when we come to die, come to death, and enter into the valley of the shadow of death... He will still be there remembering us. And his presence will be with us. The psalmist could say when thinking about his death, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You see, the shepherd, the Lord Jesus, looks after his sheep in life, looks after his sheep in death, and will look after his sheep in eternity. You remember what Jesus said, I give unto my sheep eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of mine hand. Oh, thank God, if you're saved tonight, redeemed by the precious blood, you're safe in the hands of Christ, safe in the arms of Jesus. I pray that God will bless that thought, that very simple thought to your heart this evening. God will always remember his people. But I want you to take your Bible for a moment and turn over to Hosea, Hosea in the Old Testament and chapter 9, and find chapter 7 as well. Secondly, I want you to notice, very simply and quickly, that God will always remember the unrepentant sins of the ungodly. Look what it says in Hosea 9, verse 9, first of all. It says, they have deeply corrupted themselves, as in the days of Gibeah. Therefore, he will remember their iniquities. And underline that. He will visit their sins. And then look at Hosea chapter 7 and verse 2. Underline the verse 2. The Lord said, And they consider not in their hearts that I remember all their wickedness. The unrepentant sinner will not get away with their sin. Now, it might seem at times that God has forgotten about the sins of the wicked. 
And just because judgment does not fall there and then upon the ungodly because of their sins, they might come to the conclusion that no judgment is coming. But how wrong they are. God does not forget about the sins of ungodly men. God does not forget about the sins of the Christ rejecter. And the day is coming when their sins will be judged because God remembers and does not forget the sins and iniquities of the unrighteous. That's what the text of Scripture here is teaching us in the book of Hosea. And not only is this truth taught in Hosea, but is taught throughout the entire Bible. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, we read these tremendous words. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men in that he has raised them from the dead. You see, the truth is there is a judgment day. My friend, if you're in the meeting, you're not saved, not born again of the Spirit of God, not a saint of God, not redeemed by the precious blood. Let me say lovingly and tenderly, but let me say faithfully that there's coming a day when God will judge sin. Now, I know that in this 21st century, many people do not believe in eternity, a life after death, not alone a judgment day. And many, even in religious circles, do not believe in a judgment day. But the Bible clearly teaches that there's a day coming a day when this world will not be in existence, a day in the future, a day in eternity, when all the nations will stand before God and will be judged for their sin. And my friend, again, let me say lovingly to you, if you're found unsaved on that day, a Christ rejecter saying no to God's free offer of salvation, then you will be judged for sin, for your sin. Because God will remember, God will remember and not forget the sins of unrighteous men, the sins of unrepentant men. What is repentance? Repentance is a turning away from sin. And the Bible tells us that if we want to be saved, we must not only believe the gospel, but we must repent. Repent and believe the gospel. And that word repent, as I have said, it means a turning away from sin and a looking unto God for mercy and salvation. And pray and I pray tonight that you're found in the service without Christ, that you will come and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus and turn away from your sin and seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. There's a tremendous portion of scripture in Genesis chapter 6. Just turn over to Genesis chapter 6 for a moment. And I want you to take a look at what it says in verse 5 to 7. Now this was just before God destroyed the world in a flood. And I'm sure you've all heard of Noah and the flood and Noah's ark. And I'm sure the boys and girls and young people are so familiar with Noah's ark. Of course, many people don't believe that Noah really lived and that he really built an ark. But the Bible says he did. And the Bible tells us that the reason why God told Noah to build the ark was because God was going to send a judgment, a judgment that would destroy this world in a flood. Take a look at what it says in verse 5. 
of Genesis 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping things and the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Here God told Noah that he was going to destroy the world because of sin. You see, God remembers the unrepented sins of the ungodly. And God will not allow ungodliness to escape his judgment. And as I have emphasized thereafter, God spoke these words, told Noah to build an ark. And for the next 120 years, Noah built that ark and he preached to the people and he told the people that the judgment of the flood was coming. And what did they do? They laughed at him. They laughed at him because it had never rained before, you see. And they thought he was an, a, 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 nut, a, nut, a nutter. He just, they just would not believe that God was going to judge the world. And my friend, the truth is that that's so much like people today. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is alive and they don't believe that he's coming again and they don't believe that there's a judgment to come. But the Bible says that there's a day coming when God will judge the sins of the ungodly. Let me show you this. Turn over. You, you need to see this for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take the preacher's word for it. Look it up in the Bible yourself, friend, and read it for yourself. In Revelation chapter 20, take a look at what it says there in verse 11. And here we have John on the Isle of Patmos, and the Lord is giving him a vision of future events. The book of Revelation is all about future events. And here... John receives this vision from the Lord about the day of judgment. Now look what it says here in Revelation 20 and verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose faith the earth and the heavens fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake fire. Friend, those are very solemn words. But they're in the Bible. And we can't rip them out of the Bible. Now I know that there are many today, and if they got their way, they, half of the Bible wouldn't be there. They would take verses and chapters like that out and just throw them away. But we can't do that. And the truth is this, that the day is coming when God will judge the sins of of men and women who have rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. Why did Jesus die upon a cross? Why did the Savior lay down his life upon the middle tree on Golgotha's brow? He died upon the cross in order to save us from our sins and from the judgment to come. And if we accept the Lord Jesus Christ and believe what he has done for us upon the cross, then we can be saved from this judgment to come. That's why Jesus died upon a cross, to save us from hell and from judgment to come. And that's why we preach 
Christ crucified. And that's why we exhort men and women to seek the Lord and to find Christ and to know him as their Lord and their Savior. Why does God's judgment not fall upon the sinner immediately? Because he wants the sinner to repent and find forgiveness of sins. There's a wonderful verse in Revelation 2, verse 21. You needn't turn to it, but let me just read it. It says, I give her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. I give her space to repent. Maybe there's someone here tonight, and you've heard the gospel many times. Perhaps you know it so well that you could get up into this pulpit and preach the gospel to me. But you're not saved. You've never turned to the Lord and accepted him as your Redeemer. Oh, my friend, the Lord has been merciful to you. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I pray tonight that if the Lord is speaking to you, and I believe he is, because the Lord has brought you here tonight to hear his precious word, that you will consider these things. Don't take my word for it. Open the Bible. Read the Bible for yourself. See what God says. And then trust him as your savior. There's just one final thought and we're finished. God will always remember his people. He never forgets us. God will always remember the unrepented sins of the ungodly and judge them someday. But did you ever consider what God never remembers? Now just think about it. Did you ever consider the things that God has forgotten? You say to me, preacher, can God forget? Yes, he can. There's something that God has forgotten. What is it? There's something that God never remembers. What is it? God never remembers the sins of his people. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Turn over to Jeremiah 31 for a moment if you have a Bible. And underline the words in verse 34. Listen to them. Now, This again is God's word. For I will forgive their iniquity. That's what God says concerning those who trust him as their savior. I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. Not tremendous. You know, C.H. Spurgeon said this, when we know the Lord, we receive the forgiveness of sins. We know him as the God of grace, passing by our transgressions. But how divinely is this promise in Jeremiah worded? The Lord promises no more to remember our sins. Can God forget? He says he will and he means what he says. He will regard the saved as though he had never sinned. The great atonement so effectively removed all our sin that it is that it is to the mind of God no more in existence. You know, it's hard for us to understand that. Our human finite minds cannot fully grasp that. But child of God, tonight, not only has God forgiven us for our sins, but he has forgotten all about them. Now, your neighbor mightn't have forgotten about them, and your workmate mightn't have forgotten about them, and there's one sure thing, the devil hasn't forgotten about them because he'll cast them up every day to you. But thank God, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. 
The hymn writer penned it well when he wrote those words, Our sin, O the bliss of this glorious thought, our sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to this cross, and I bear it no more. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, O my soul. The prophet said in Isaiah 38, verse 17, For thou hast cast all my sins behind thy back. Tremendous thought, isn't it? I don't care what your sin is. I don't care what your iniquity is. My friend, it can be forgiven tonight. God will forgive your sin, and God will forgive my sin on the basis of what his son has accomplished on the cross for you and me. If we trust him, he will forgive us for our sin. But not only will he forgive us for our sin, he will forget all about our sins. That's tremendous. That's what, the, that's what redemption is all about. That's what salvation is all about, friend. You can have your sins forgiven this evening. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, and with this I am finished, we read about a, a publican who went up into the temple to pray. There was also a Pharisee, but I'm not so much interested in the Pharisee. But the publican went up into the temple, and he was an old sinner, sinner of the deepest dye. And the Bible tells us in that chapter that he went into the temple and he smote upon his breast. In other words, he fell down on his face before God. And this is what he said. This is what he prayed. This is what he cried. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And the Bible tells us that that man, that old publican, went out of the temple justified. You know what the word justified means? just as if I have never sinned. In other words, he got up out of, he went, he, got, he, got, he went out of the temple with all his sins forgiven. My friend, you may have come into the meeting in your sin, not knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you can leave God's house tonight with all your sins forgiven. You say, me, preacher, what I have to do. My friend, you've just got to confess your sin to the Lord and pray and ask them to forgive you for your sins. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the Bible tells us that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. Thank God your sins, my sins can be forgiven. You can know peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. In this remembrance day, we remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us freedom and liberty, to give us peace in our land. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, paid the ultimate sacrifice upon the cross. Why? To give us freedom and liberty and give us peace in our hearts, to know sins forgiven and to have the assurance of a home in heaven. My friend, are you sure tonight that you're going to heaven? Are you sure tonight that your sins are forgiven? Are you sure tonight that you're saved? If you're not, make sure by coming and trusting the Lord Jesus as your Redeemer. I pray that God will bless these few thoughts to your hearts tonight for his dear name's sake. Amen. Amen. We're all going to stand and we're going to sing one verse of the National Anthem. So let us all stand and sing this one verse of the National Anthem.
presence with us tonight. We thank thee, Lord, for thy word to our hearts. We pray now, Lord, that you would bless us as we depart from this place. We thank thee, Lord, for the tea that has been provided, the food, and we thank thee for the kind hands that have prepared it. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to eat and drink to your glory. And, O God, we pray that you'd bless our fellowship together. For it's in Jesus' precious name we ask it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to go to the door now, uh, just in case some folk maybe are going home. But listen, the invitation is, you're very welcome to wait. The ladies have prepared a lovely tea. and You're very welcome to wait. And we encourage you to do that. Thank you. God bless. Please just ask uh, those that had laid a wreath, if you wouldn't mind, just waiting and coming to the front, I want to get a wee photograph. And I do recognize there's other organizations I can see who perhaps didn't lay a wreath, but you're representing your organizations. If you wouldn't mind waiting behind as well, I'd also like to get a photograph of those who are representing organizations here. And then we'll allow you certainly to go for your tea. The rest of the people, they'll be in the front of the queue, unfortunately, but there we are. Thank you.